Welcome back to The Imposter's Way, the place where I keep a beginner's mind and you, hopefully, can keep on learning from the things I've picked up along the way. The aim of The Imposter's Way is to explore interesting ideas from first principles, and that is taking the time to ask naive questions in order to gain a true understanding instead of a superficial familiarity with a topic. So join me in staying curious, in staying independently minded and attempting to find balanced opinions in a world of polarization and simplification. Today is about the art of not getting hit. And it is a short essay about what boxing taught me about avoidance strategies in life. When going through life, we often get away with being ambiguous. We can avoid being wrong by not being overly invested into any view what the future will bring. So we basically do not have a strong opinion. But every now and then, and inevitably so, life forces us to take a stance. And then we need to be nimble, yet firm in our opinions. And these two modes of operation, so that is running from a fight or avoiding a fight versus getting into a fight but not getting hit, require completely different skill sets. Both in meat space, in physical space, when we are moving kinetically with other human beings, but also in life. Before that analogy makes sense, we have to establish what we are trying to avoid. In physical space, in, in meat space, that is pretty clear. We don't want to wake up with a headache because we have been hit too hard. But in life, we want to avoid being wrong. We, don't, we want to avoid having our view of the world crushed. And this is kind of the analogy I want to draw today. So as human beings, we constantly generate these scenarios for how the future will play out, if you want to or not. And we run these simulations in our little heads about the knowns and the unknowns that we might encounter. And if we are wrong by a little bit, we might not get too emotional about it. But if we are catastrophically wrong, we really hurt. And that is a sharp feeling of either pain or embarrassment, and that is an unavoidable part. Later comes the part that we can learn from these mistakes, obviously, and that part is up to us. But this initial discomfort of a true unknown unknown, something we didn't know we didn't know, is something easily observed in the sport of boxing. It is the punch that you don't see coming that is the one that hurts the most. That is an old boxing adage. And it refers to that getting hit per se, or getting hit at, is not the problem if you can prepare for it. If you are not into boxing, a more relatable example might be one that Jordan Peterson used in Maps of Meaning, as far as I remember. Um, if that name rings some alarm bells for you, I have to say, if you just read some books of his, they're far more reasonable. You go to work in the morning, so that is the example of these unknown unknowns happening in our daily life. You go to work in the morning and you have a salary discussion scheduled with your supervisor, let's say. In your 
list of expected outcomes, and that is oftentimes a subconscious list of your expected outcomes, you include different versions of the future. One future where you do get a raise and one where you don't, let's say. Like in chess, you do simulate a few moves further ahead than that. So how do I react if the boss, if she says no to my raise or Right, and then you simulate out a no. Well, if a clear no uh, would not really hurt you, if there's a good reason for it, and would merely sting a bit. And when you get to have the actual talk in the real world, and this is where the spin comes in, your boss tells you that you are fired, which completely knocks you off your feet. Because your plan, or your vision of the future, was that you either get a raise or you don't. And you did not include in your simulations the third option, that you get fired on the spot. And in that hypothetical example, you now need six months, a lot of alcohol, a lot of partying, good friends, and then therapy to finally get back on your feet. So that's just an illustrative example of having our expectations about the future be catastrophically wrong, and it crushes us and knocks us off our feet. It gives us the feeling that we are lost and we have no idea how the world around us really works. And when somebody says that is unfair after such an event, which you could say after that encounter with your boss, what he or she might actually try to say is, I had a model of how the world works around me. It seems that that model didn't work and the world really doesn't work the way I thought it was and now I'm confused. Which means that the word fairness, or in this case unfairness, really embodies our old and now crushed worldview. What do we do, we marvelous creatures, to not get into these situations too frequently? We humans try to avoid pain at all cost, and we want to avoid getting punched. So, there are two ways we can do that. We cannot get into fights, that is the easier path, and we can get really, really good at not getting hit, and that is the harder path. And we will break those down one by one now. So the first strategy is the avoidance one, and it is about not getting into fights in the first place. It is risk aversion if you never ask for that raise and... Your boss might not see you, you might fly under the radar, you might be not fired, right? also not promoted. Generally speaking, if you don't formulate a clear scenario for your own future, there is no way you can be disappointed. If you do not hold any strong opinions, let's say politically or about the future of the world, there is no way you can be catastrophically wrong on them either. This strategy comes natural to most of us and is relatively easy to implement in different parts of life. We could call the strategy weak opinions strongly held or keeping our expectations low. Let's walk through a few probably pretty common examples here of different parts of life. So let's start with work because we started with that example before. Instead of expecting to be appreciated and promoted for my work, I hold a self-image that I'm pretty mediocre and expect no recognition for my work apart from keeping my monthly paycheck. 
My self-belief is neither here nor there, and almost nothing can happen that will change my mind about myself. If I get a promotion, I attribute it to luck. If I get fired, I attribute it to bad luck <laughs> and my lack of ability. So I'm choosing extreme examples here just to illustrate the point. Right? That would be um, an avoidance strategy, keeping expectations low. Health as the second pillar. Instead of having a strong opinion on what constitutes a healthy lifestyle for myself, I'm of the opinion that the science is very unclear and enjoying life is the best strategy. Which, to be honest, is almost already an opinion again. But let's say on the topic of health, you just say, I don't have an opinion on it, I just wing it. Right, then you can't be wrong. And two more is, in, let's say, investments, because that's a common one. So instead of having an investment strategy, I leave my savings on my bank account. I do this because it doesn't require any active decision making. And what do I know of markets? And I don't want to identify as a greedy speculator. And lastly, and I think that is the most common one, is politics. So instead of having a political view that I arrived at myself, I just kind of vote what my peers vote for, and I'm rather unopinionated about the whole thing. All these were examples about common fields in life where people, including myself, might avoid having strong opinions to avoid being wrong. Ambivalence is a shield against the dissonance of reality that we might have to face. So the strategy of not getting into fights, obviously, only works until you are forced to get into a fight. So avoidance only works until you can't avoid something anymore. And the ability to avoid fights will not help you in that situation. We obviously, as a caveat, cannot have expertise in every field. The arrogance of individuals that have a strong opinion about anything and everything is palatable in our current social media landscape. Many vocal voices have turned from virology experts to geostrategists in a matter of days and weeks. While it is crucial to be humble about the things one does not know, a regiment of low commitment on many essential fronts of life is cowardice too. It requires courage to have strong opinions as they entail the risk of being wrong. Which brings us to strategy number two, which is getting good at not getting hit. The avoidance of being wrong by not taking any stance works for most situations. It is the good default strategy until it doesn't work, until you get punched in the face. To illustrate, let me walk you through the previous examples of the different fields of life and illustrate just by example of where that strategy of avoidance might not work anymore and where pivot to strategy two might be needed. And we're talking about the same pillars here. So that is work, health, investment, and politics. And we're just continuing on with the story we had before. So in work, I'm not asking for a raise, to not be seen, to not be fired. And after years of not getting any recognition for my work and seeing less competent peers get promoted all around me, I finally get fed up and I change something. Um, I review my own opinion of myself and I ask for the things I think I deserve. And that includes not being afraid of being hurt or being wrong as well, 
right? It's a, the opinion of I deserve this and if I don't get it, then I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that dissonance and that pain. So let's move that to health, uh, the second pillar. After years of exercising whenever I feel like it, going with the flow, and that means rarely, and eating whatever I feel like, I have a light heart attack. I'm okay afterwards, but I have to change my view on what being healthy means. Obviously, this is the extreme point. You might want to pivot before you have a heart attack. But having this view of healthy is whatever feels good to me right now might get challenged at a point where you find yourself on the floor. So the same thing for investments. After years of greater than 5% inflation, I realized that my purchasing power of my savings that I worked for is dropping drastically. So the money I saved over the years prior is not really safe at all. I need to do something and I need to have an opinion about what constitutes good investment. So the pain of losing purchasing power might, um, you know, might be bigger than, and it might be forcing myself to, to, to have an opinion on things. And politics is the same. So after years of being apolitical, after years of polarization of the political and social sphere, it makes being in the middle increasingly hard. And government interventions and social, social unrest become more prevalent. I need to start forming an independent opinion because I cannot assume that the neighbors next to me or the politicians on TV can be blindly trusted. So there might be situations where having a political view becomes more critical. And all these breaking points describe moments in time where being without opinion is not a valid strategy. We talked about strategy one and two, right? One is not having our own opinion and avoiding conflict. And strategy number two is, is getting good at not getting hit, meaning having opinions, but then being able to work with those if the world changes. External forces might push us to have to have opinions, to be more nimble yet firm in what we believe. And being light on our feet yet forceful in our expression of what we believe is equivalent of getting in a, into a fight, but having good movement and general defensive skills. Or put another way, strong opinions weakly held is what we are looking for. That elegant phrase, strong opinions weakly held, you can basically adopt that as a life motto, by the way. It stems from a 2008 essay written by Paul Sappho. He postulates that there is no such thing as a as having complete information, much less a complete forecast of what the future will hold. And while there is no perfect time to have an opinion, right? there's no time of perfect information, that doesn't mean one should not try to have an opinion. So a quote here. I have found that the fastest way to an effective forecast is often through a sequence of lousy forecasts. Instead of withholding judgment until an exhaustive search for data is complete, I will force myself to make a tentative forecast based on the information available and then systematically tear it apart using the insight gained to guide my search for further indicators information. Iterate the process a few times and it is surprising how quickly one can get to a useful forecast. This is a quote from the essay from Paul Sappho, which is aptly titled Strong Opinions Weekly Held. And it is about needing to make forecasts about the world 
and just not being too in love with them. And that is the element I wanted to highlight, that getting into fights still requires you to be nimble, requires you to be agile and quick on your feet. So even if you take a stance and you do not avoid conflict with yourself, with your worldview, if you do not avoid getting into these dis feelings of dissonance between what you expect and what is the actual outcome, even if you don't mind getting into that tricky situation, it is still a relevant skill set to have to, to be able to adjust and not to be married to one's opinions. And I think these kind of more systematic way of just adapting your own strategy is something we intuitively do as individuals if we want to or not, but it's something that can be practically improved by, let's say, forcing ourselves to take opinions on things. A very simple and practical example I can give is if you are in a social gathering with people that you don't know and or you might know, and there is a discussion about any of those pillars that we talked about, health, politics, investments, whatever. Consider taking a stance, consider taking a stronger opinion instead of being, oh, I don't know anything about this. I don't really have an opinion either way. Consider taking the stance for bees, bees being very critical for the ecosystem, or take the contrarian view and saying they're not that important, whatever the topic might be. And then argue your way out of it. Or if you find new information, then change your view, right? Strong opinions, weekly held. Never be immune to the new information that comes in to change your mind, but don't be afraid to have a strong opinion to start out with. That is the whole thing. And that is what boxing has taught me. And to round that out, I think it is important to talk a bit about that being smart is knowing when to run. And that is probably the first thing you learn in physical contact sports. So there's definitely fields that I can avoid having strong opinions on. For example, on specialized questions like um, how can we improve efficiency of oil refineries? Or what is the biblical influence on immigration policy in the West? I don't have to have strong opinions on those and I actually do not have to have strong opinions on most things. But having a sense of what impacts our life and our lived experience is critical. And while I despise Twitter experts on some topics, I try to imitate their curiosity. So political decisions, let's say on energy policy, are affecting our daily lives right now. Regulation of up-and-coming sectors of the economy, let's say like the Bitcoin sector, affect future outlook on innovation and, and just how governments and individuals will interact in the future. But that's a specific topic where you could, you could take it further. You could say central banking policy, right? It affects your life right now, if you want to or not, especially with high inflation and low interest rates. And you might get to the point where you say, oh, the world is too complex and I don't have opinions about those things. And there's also an abundance of information and that can be overwhelming too. So the natural response is to avoid engaging with these overwhelming aspects of life. And some of that is totally fine and normal and healthy. And some of that is avoidance, uh, real avoidance. And to know what to ignore might just be as important as to know what aspects of life to have an opinion on. So, yeah. I'm advocating for taking a stance, for having a strong opinion and then changing it when new information comes in, but not to avoid being wrong and the pain of being wrong, maybe even in public. 
but it is just as important to pick your fights wisely. So, so do that until next week. Pick your fights wisely and have a great day. That was today's episode of The Imposter's Way. If you learned something today or even enjoyed this format, consider coming back next week. I aim to publish these episodes weekly, but will never force myself to publish low-quality work. My aim is to research the topics extensively and continue to improve my writing. Subscribing on podcast apps, sharing this episode with a friend, and reviewing this show on Apple Podcasts are the ways you are able to support me in doing so. So thank you so much for listening. I'm very grateful for your attention. If you prefer reading instead, though, all articles are available at theimpostorsway.com. In case you have any feedback or suggestions, you'll also find my contact details there. Until next time, good night and good luck.